Welcome to this new and special episode of Papa PhD. Today I'm sharing with you the recording of the live celebration of 100,000 listens that took place last week, where I had past guests of the show and friends of the show, so I could have a chance to thank them for their contribution to the podcast's success so far. This episode is about gratitude, about friendship, but it's also dedicated to you, the listeners, who, week after week, join me and my guests from wherever you are around the world. Thank you. Hey, Claire. Hey. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. I'm doing really good. I'm super happy. Uh, super happy to have you here. I know you don't have a lot of time, but I, you know, because uh, you really had a a very important part in uh, this last, I don't know, half a year of podcasting for me. I really wanted you to be here uh, and to allow you to and to thank you and to allow you to take part in this celebration. Um, which, <laughs> thank you. This uh, is awesome. Things, I'm so excited to be here. I feel like I'm a special guest. I've wanted to be on the podcast for so long. Now I'm now I'm on air. <laughs> exactly. You are a special guest. Uh, <laughs> uh, for people who don't know, last year uh, I was thinking about. Uh, you know the future of Papa PhD. Um, you know, and and my future, uh, doing Papa PhD, producing Papa PhD, investing time in Papa PhD, uh, and um, at a certain moment, uh, kind of a flip, uh, not a flip, a switch flipped inside me, and instead of uh, kind of going into the doubt and the possibility of stopping. Actually, and you remember this conversation, right, Claire? Someone oh, yeah. put us in contact and I said, no, you know what? I think what I need to do is to invest more in this. Uh, it's been three years. Uh, I think it's probably normal to reflect on things. Um, and I'm super happy. You know, you, you uh, someone, so actually it was Bryson Barnes who introduced us and said, Claire, you have, you know, the questions you have, Claire is really going to be able to help you with that. And you did. And this is why I, I invited you to be here today, uh, because um, uh, you really helped me. Uh, um, how can I say? Change my point of view and actually have a different uh, gaze on what I had done so far with the podcast, which as an indie podcaster, I was kind of just going day by day mm. and, you know, not, and having some imposter syndrome, etc., etc. that you, you kind of <laughs> rooted out and <laughs> helped me deal with, which I think a lot of us do. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, um, it's been a ride and uh, thank you. Thank you for oh. having ha helped me reflect on this. Take, taking had to help me take some steps towards changing things in the podcast, mm -hmm. changing things in me <laughs> within the podcast, and especially allowing myself to really, really consider myself a podcaster. And you know, and uh, even though uh, an indie podcaster, uh, a, a passionate one with the right to present myself to the world as such. 100%. Oh, thank you so much for including me in your journey. I think this is fantastic. And um, I mean, 
I think everyone wants to know, how do I grow my show? How do I make my oh show my special? Gosh. How do I find my audience? And I think you've proved that <laughs> showing up consistently and making great content is the key. And those are things that robots maybe could do, <laughs> but we're always going to be better at that. Um, really owning the host chair, carving out your personality as a part of the brand, which I know is also kind of scary. Um, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I always, when I think about people hosting, it's like a persona of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, you're like David with a capital D, you know, it's like, you're like extra. Yeah. And you've really sat into that and owned it. And um, I'm so excited for you in these next couple of years. Mm -hmm. No, I, I'm excited too. Um, and uh, actually, you helped me with something else that we we're going mm -hmm. to announce. So you said you didn't have a lot of time, but there's an announcement that I wanted. To, I know I want to announce it with you here. The podcast, after a lot of reflection, a lot of reflection with Claire, <laughs> a lot of back and forth, I don't know, 50 names we went through until uh, I got to this At one. At least. <laughs> um, the podcast is uh, changing names, although keeping with the Papa PhD brand. So it, uh, people, uh, it's funny, I've mentioned this to a few people, you know, testing the waters, and all of them ask, ask me, why are you changing? Mm. You know, we know Papa PhD, it's... Uh, and we like the logo, but the thing that I found is for people who don't know, who haven't had the you know word of mouth, if they go through their app uh, and look, they look for PhD uh, podcast or whatever related, and they go come through by the logo, it doesn't tell them anything except Papa PhD. And often the question I get is, oh, is it about parenthood? Which it is not. <laughs> and uh, this is why, uh, amongst the, the different things that. Uh, Claire led, led me to do and to think about. Uh, I reflected uh, upon new a new visual for for the the cover, right? So in the podcast apps, the name will change. It will, yeah, -da. <laughs> that's a very big deal. The cover will will change also, but then all the rest will stay the same. You know, the let me see. Oh no, I can't point because you're the one that's. You know, let me do this like this. Like yeah, here. there we go. <laughs> Here, though, the my my socials will stay the same. Oh, Papa PhD there. podcast. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but um, the cover itself is going to be different. When you're going to look for PhD podcasts and Papa PhD appears, it's going to tell a little bit more to the the uh, prospective listener. Let's say. Wow, and so, this is a reveal for me because I also don't know what the final name is. I think you told me, and then I was like, I'm going to just. It was in passing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> because we did we, we did go through a lot of them. We did. Yeah. So, Claire, uh, before you need to go, are you ready for the reveal? I'm so ready for this moment. I'm so excited. So let me see if I do this right. Yay. Three, two, one. <gasps> oh, my God. It looks so good. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> wow. So it's going to be beyond the thesis with Papa PhD. And uh, I, had, I had kind of, you know, fallen onto another one that I had you know repeat different people uh repeat commenting the same thing which was it was too self-helpy and after another <laughs> another uh iteration of reflection uh, i got to beyond the thesis which uh which actually gives a, a nice name in french too so as you remember uh, and if, if you're watching now 
I have guests, uh, I mean Montreal, and I have guests that speak French and guests that speak English. And so now I'll be able to have a differentiated cover for both those uh, those uh, those types of, of guests. So this, this is, is it. Great. I love this. <laughs> the the art looks awesome. The horizon, the color <laughs> scheme, your front and center. We can see your whole face. <laughs> yes. And now That's I can't awesome. shave anymore. You know, now I have to keep the beard because. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise there would be a serious identity crisis. <laughs> But uh, yes, beyond the thesis with Papa PhD is the new, uh, the new uh, version. As as I said, I'm keeping Papa PhD in the title so that people don't feel totally lost. Um, but uh, I, I think I hope people will like this version, uh, this new name, and uh, and will adhere to it. And I hope that when people again, when they have these covers presented to them by whichever app they use that this one will entice them to click and actually go look inside and not take assumptions of uh, what it is about, for example, parenthood. 100%. And even if you are not getting a PhD, don't have a PhD, don't want a PhD, I listen to the show and I gain so much knowledge about how to work on teams, how to carve out my goals, uh, stuff about science that I never knew. Um, so definitely subscribe, even if you think it's not for you. Um, David, I have to run, but I just Perfect. want to say congratulations again. This is fantastic. I'm so happy for you. You've worked so hard. And we have your listeners to thank for subscribing, for listening, for being is, with you on this true. journey. Um, definitely stay with David. He's got a lot of good stuff coming this year. So. Claire, thank you so much for taking a little bit of your time to be here. I had to, and I really wanted to thank you. And uh, and I think this was the perfect way and time to do it. Thank so, you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And, uh, and yeah, let's keep in touch. Okay. I'll see you soon. Cheers. See you soon. Bye. Bye. So I have uh, a guest here. Um, I'm going to bring him in. Hi, Todd. Hey, how are you? Do I sound all right? You sound awesome as always. Awesome. <laughs> how are you today i'm doing good thanks congratulations thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you for being here todd uh can i quickly present you to anyone who doesn't know you and who's uh watching now or later is it okay if sure. I do the presentation so todd cochran i welcome him i'm over the moon happy that todd is here today todd has been podcasting since the, the first days of the medium um he's a podcast hall of famer since 2015 uh Right, Todd? I think that was a year, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think it was the first year of the, of the Podcast Hall of Fame. Uh, he And he is the CEO of Blueberry Podcasting, the podcast hosting platform that I've been using for Papa PhD since day one. And this is not a sponsored episode, anything. I Blueberry, you know, I, I talk, when I announced what I'm doing today, I talked about friends of the show. And I've been with Blueberry since day one, like I said. And to me, I consider that part of my success and part of being able to be on all platforms and uh, and part of, of my consistency is the what you call, Todd, the Blueberry Way. And uh, I've, I'm super, super happy that I have reached, after almost four years, this number, 100,000. Of course, there's people or, or, or groups of people that do podcasts that reach these numbers in a couple of days. <laughs> well, you know, 100,000 is a lot. So it's a big number for any show to reach. Thank you, Todd. Um, so Todd is also a champion of the medium. Uh, 
taking active part in the conversations and discussions about the future of podcasting that are taking place today. Some of his thoughts and opinions uh, he shares on The New Media Show, where, with Rob Greenlee, he offers what he often calls a PhD in podcasting weekly, in which I had, I've learned a lot uh, of how to be uh, a podcaster, how to behave as a podcaster for the long run. And this is, this is really a, another reason why I'm super glad and I wanted to invite you today. Because apart from Blueberry and the hosting, which is more of a big you know, corporate thing, there's also your voice and your advice and, uh, and your reflection. Uh, and uh, you know uh, that to me, uh, as an indie who uh, I've just now started knowing other podcasters physically like around me here in Montreal, I'm in Montreal, Canada, You've accompanied me in this growing as a podcaster. Uh, you, Rob, of course, but um, the advice you share, uh, you, you share weekly. And I also wanted to thank you for that because I think it's also part of getting to, to this point. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, Todd, it's really an honor to have you here. Um, we have talked and exchanged emails in the past, but I really wanted to thank you for allowing my podcasting adventure to grow during these almost four years now. So thank you so much. Well, you know, congratulations and thanks for, I guess, number one, being a customer. And number two, following along for the journey. You know, I, I've, it's not often I hear someone say the Blueberry Way. And, you know, the Blueberry Way really is um, kind of a podcast one-on-one, we think. We, you know, we really believe. And I think many, many podcasters have, Uh, begin to understand this is building your brand on your own dot com and controlling your brand and having your own message and it is really the is one of the key elements and uh you know the consistency and putting out content it's tough it's tough as a content creator you know i've been doing this uh 18 years and you know i put a uh episode 1668 in the book last night for me and Mm-hmm. you know uh to sit there and do the grind as one would say and uh you know put out lots of episodes a lot of work and then to build an audience is is even a bigger challenge and i think oftentimes content creators get discouraged when they're when they're not hearing from their audience mm-hmm. or you look at your stats and maybe you're a little disappointed but really it's that consistency of you know putting out episode after episode and and the ability to find your voice. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's really part of the whole process. It, you know, I, I did not come from a, a radio background. I was a total tech nerd. I worked <laughs> in aviation. I was in the Navy. So, you know, putting a, a mic in front of my face was pretty foreign when I started. <laughs> so we've all been on this. Many of us have been on this journey and I still consider myself a, an indie podcaster because I build my show on my own. Yeah, no. And you say, so the blueberry way I've heard it, You know, I haven't heard you say it also so much lately, but it did strike me when you had, you know, when I heard it the first time. And uh, it's for people who don't know, the idea is, you know, there's a lot of platforms now that even tell you, come and we'll, you know, we'll launch your podcast for free. And then uh, from, from what I understand, you know, you don't read the small, the small print and then eventually you understand that you don't own the, the content and that's, you know, something that is should be central to your brand to your image actually belongs to someone else etc etc and the, the the what's encapsulated in the blueberry way is yeah having your your dot com um you know like you often say also feed the google bots and having your website is part of that uh 
right. uh, having a website where you have your episode, then you have your show notes that we know. And you just said it in the in the recent show with Rob that it's not it's not for listeners. <laughs> show notes are for Google. <laughs> That's right. You you record for your audience and you write for Google and. You know, and Google is just one piece and your website is just one piece of many and, mm -hmm. you know, what you have to do to build and grow a show. It's not yeah. just one, you know, there's not just one thing that you can do to, to grow a podcast. It's many, many things. Many things, yeah. And, but the main thing, and you, you mentioned it a few times, is consist consistency. And uh, this is something I, I learned the hard way after, uh, I think, the first year I took a break and then I took a hit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, since then, I I have not uh, stopped. And you know, Claire. So the the, the person who was uh, here just before you uh, was a coach that I took uh, that I I, I took uh, some training from uh, in the beginning of the year. And she kind of opened my eyes to well, you have two hundred episodes backlog. You can repost episodes whenever you're you know you it's it's uh, Christmas or there's something that doesn't allow you to edit an episode etc you have the right which i i kind of felt that i don't know i felt awkward about it before and she opened my eyes to no 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 there's people are not going to go deep into your backlog unless you bring them up once in a once in a while right. this is one of the big lessons of the of this year for me and i think some people have content that can do that you know one of my shows It's not because it's a new show. So the, you know, there's an expiration date to the of content. Course, of course. So, but if you're building this evergreen content that is good month after month, year after year, sure, mm -hmm. you can repurpose that and bring it forward. I think the trick is in doing those types of shows in the, like you're doing is to not talk too much about current events no exactly you know and keep that uh, keep that right. content is uh times you know time sterile i guess is the best word i can come up here and just on top mm -hmm. of my head but because if you start talking about local events then people will say oh this was recorded two years ago and and they may not feel as strongly about it so of maybe course. if you've talked about something in the show you can <laughs> cut that up a little bit and and repurpose it so i i, I think That's she true. gave you great advice Yeah, no, the show is mostly interviews, uh, and and you know it's it's mostly evergreen. I don't I don't remember mentioning except you know that I don't know there was a freezing storm and I mentioned it to sure. the guest. Uh, it's but that's you know it's really not the 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 main theme of my show. It's really sharing stories of people and and their careers. Um, yeah, and uh, one thing, one other thing I wanted to mention that really helped me since the beginning was PowerPress, uh, which I learned eventually. I thought it was. Uh, just blueberry uh, clients who could could use it but i learned someone else that i that i knew that had a podcast that i actually admired that used it too so so kudos also for for putting that tool out there for everyone who's trying to be like on wordpress and having their.com and to easily be out there the best you know the best way possible looking the best as the best they can as a podcast through that uh, that plugin uh, it, it's really i think a great service to the community When we when we launched PowerPress, um, the idea behind it was that, that Blueberry, as a company, could pull the plug and the plugin would live, mm -hmm. and uh, people would not have a, um, as I like to call it, have a uh, um, an extinction event. Because mm -hmm. in the early days of podcasting, companies were going out of business all the time, 
And what would end up happening was where people were just, you know, all the work they put in their show was completely ruined. Because, oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, fortunately, we haven't seen one of those events in a while. But uh, the plugin allows anyone to host with uh, really anyone that they want. We definitely would like them to host with us if possible, mm-hmm. because what it really ultimately does is we feel the plugin when you're fully integrated with us and hosting with us, you save time. You just write your oh, yeah. write your episode title, write your blog posts, you upload your media, and you hit publish, and you're done. Yeah. For as a as a content creator, right on your own website, you don't have to exactly. come to Blueberry ever. No, and it's been like that since the beginning. And what I do is I schedule it for uh, midnight oh one on Thursdays, and I don't worry about it anymore. And then it, you know, Blueberry and then PowerPress do the rest. Yeah, it's and it's pretty slick too. And sometimes. Uh, you know, we've seen some customers do some amazing things where I know one network has about 600 shows that running on a super large instance of WordPress at a commercial, you know, I don't know what mm-hmm. their hosting costs, but they've got 600 shows that are being hosted over there on a single install, which is oh. is pretty amazing in itself. It is. <laughs> well, I, I'm considering now because, uh, and I don't want to take too much of your time. And you're no, busy. No yeah. Uh, so my podcast is in french and english i'm thinking now of adding a french only stream so that's going to be very easy for me to easy. do uh, yeah. on, on 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 blueberry um uh, i was reflecting on something else but in the meantime one thing i wanted to share with you while you're here is i would like your uh opinion <laughs> although it's done so you know i'm not going to change it but uh i just so the podcast was called papa phd that's it for three years and a half, almost four. And one of the re- reflections I had with Claire Ty, the coach the, that I mentioned, and, and she's she uh, edits podcasts too, was um, to make the name say a little bit more. Because people were asking me, is this about parenthood as a researcher or whatever, which it, which it is not. And when I created that name and the logo, I just thought, I just, my thought, my only thought was it needs to be it needs to be uh, easily pronounceable in English and French, which Papa PhD is almost the same in both languages. So I'm going to show you what. Uh, I okay, Ashley is here. I'm going to show you what it looks like now. So it's I changed it to. Let me see if I can change. The Almart looks nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. So I. One of the things she told me is, was, David, you can put your face on the cover. <laughs> um, so my decision was to keep Papa PhD in the name, but mm-hmm. add, add beyond the thesis with Papa PhD. And um, I, I, you know, I know it's kind of, uh, you know, awkward to ask for an opinion, but you already said that the art, the art looks good. But I'm going to ask the, the question a different way. With your, you know, specialist hat, what? Is the what what is the risk of changing a name, or what is the you know what are good practices practices when you want to update the name of a show? <laughs> you know, um, Rob and I change. We were doing the show called the Saturday Morning Tech Show, mm-hmm. and um, we were talking about podcasting more than we were about tech. So we actually made the name change live on the show. I said, Rob, you know, we're talking about new media more than anything else. He said, well, let's call this thing the new media show. And I went and looked at the look for the domain name. It was available. I couldn't believe it. And we bought the uh, the Google. We bought the GoDaddy about the domain name, new media mm-hmm. show, right on, right while we we're doing it live. And uh, so I think as long as you um, make a purposeful change, and I think, to be honest with you, looking at the 
at your album art now, it makes a lot more sense to me what the show's about beyond the thesis. And everyone knows, you know, when you're doing a master's degree or if you're doing a PhD, uh, you don't have to typically don't have to do a, P, a thesis for a, for a bachelor's degree, but um, some schools now require it. But if you, you know, beyond the thesis is pretty straightforward yeah. um, on what the topic is. I'm happy you say that because like I, I was mentioning with, with Claire before, we went to like the tens of names, like 50 something different names. Some were taken, some were too uh, self-helpy. Uh, and then I fell onto this one and then I said, okay, this is the one. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and th- that's, you actually confirmed what I, what I kind of, my objective with the ch- name, with the changing of name, which was when someone is presented, you know how apps now present collections of things you might like. Sure. Now, if they see this, they'll know what's in there, and they sure. might want to. Whereas, uh, you know, just pop a PhD, it didn't say anything. I think mistake a lot of podcasters make. Sometimes they get too wordy, mm-hmm. and um, so for us, new media show. Well, podcasting Boom. isn't so new, but it is kind of still new. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, in my other show, Geek News Central, it's very explanatory, right? That's true podcast insider you know it's it's really you can you know you kind of get an idea real quickly by reading the name and and be honest with you on the album art um you know we always tell podcasters you should be updating the album art on a regular basis okay and and maybe make uh you know have a dozen that you can rotate through and change periodically because what happens when people are looking for shows after they've seen the logo a few times Mm -hmm. they have a tendency to skip Oh, oh, I and see. And when they so. come back and they say, "Oh, what? There's a there's something new there." They they see a logo they have never seen before. It's a it's a new opportunity. But you don't have to do that every week. But you know, <laughs> we say every couple months, you should maybe think about just tweaking the album art enough that it'll catch somebody's attention. But so see, that's the first the first time I I hear this advice. So now. I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll make it I'll make sure that like once a year I I may I change it maybe a little I, bit. I know a show that updates their album out every episode, which oh, is Oh wow, okay. <laughs> they, but they have a whole slew of supporters that create album art for them. Mm-hmm. Most of us don't have that type of a fan base. No, no, and I you know I'm I'm alone with this and Me too. That's it. So <laughs> Todd, I have another guest coming in. Sure. I don't know if you had uh, if you had time to stay. Yeah, to I can stick stay around. a little bit here, sure. And uh, and I'll bring Ashley in. Hi, Ashley. Hi. So thanks for being here today. Uh, Ashley is a past guest. Uh, Todd, Ashley, did you hear Todd uh, when I presented Todd? Who Todd is? Todd Cochran. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> no, it's okay. So he's a podcasting hall of famer, but Ooh, he okay. is uh, the CEO of the hosting service that I use with Papa okay, PhD. Awesome. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, you know, 100,000, it's a big milestone. And I thought, okay, let's thank Todd and uh, Raw Voice and Blueberry today. Uh, and that's why, that's why I have him here today. Ashley is a past guest. She has a story of switching from academia to uh, industry. She's now, uh, you know, she is. Remember, remind me, your PhD was in? Uh, developmental psychology. So developmental psychology. And now she's working for Meta. Uh, yeah as a as a user experience researcher so and 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 on her episode we you know we kind of shared her story of how and why it makes sense that coming out with a humanities phd you actually can now work in tech and in you know the big players in tech (laughs) um 
Ashley, how have, how have you been doing? Uh, and uh, when are you starting your podcast? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we talked in February. Yeah, it's been, I actually took like a three-month social media break, like mm -hmm. right after we chatted, because um, I, yeah, my, my, my Twitter and my LinkedIn and like all of that was just kind of a lot to manage. Mm -hmm. So I took a break and then I recently came back and now I'm also on Instagram since Twitter has become a little bit of a strange place i think as of late so yeah i'm yes. still i'm i'm like i just started a newsletter i'm trying to figure out like what the best way is to do all this in a sustainable way without burning out which i'm sure maybe you can speak to a little bit it's hard like mm -hmm. being a content creator when you're also having like a full-time job um and people want your help and like how do you help as many people as possible without like burning out mm. I have I have ideas on that, but I'm sure Todd does too because Todd deals with indie podcasters all the time, uh, and uh, and I'm sure Todd has because we've we we were talking about consistency, mm -hmm. but uh, consistency of course needs to be aligned with your life. Uh, Todd, do you have some reflections on? You, you know, it's a, it's a big commitment, and um, because once you start podcasting, then people build you into their life. And mm -hmm. if you go missing or stop, then they wonder where you're at, and may become a little discouraged and go somewhere else. But I think that um, you know, I was when I first started podcasting, I had three young children, uh, I was working a full time job, uh, and I was actually still in the Navy at the time. So basically I committed evenings, Mondays and, and Thursdays were kind of blocked out for years. And socially that impacted some things we did with the family, but it was just one of those things where we had an end goal uh, for the show. And so I think if you have a partner or significant other, um, you know, best thing to do if you're going to start creating content is have that conversation yeah. and mm -hmm. say, listen, I'm thinking about doing this. Do you think I can forward uh, three hours out of my schedule? Um, every week to uh, to do this content commitment and then decide what day and hour that you're going to be doing that. And then uh, if you can come to that conclusion, it's going to work for you, then then move forth. But I think the big challenge is, is most new creators, um, they really don't plan well and they, they kind of run out of things to say quickly. So um, be whatever topic you pick, make sure something you're passionate about that you can talk about off the cuff, even if you haven't planned. Mm -hmm. And then if you go for it, uh, th those first two years, don't take a break. And it is, it's a huge, mm -hmm. huge, huge commitment, but you can mm -hmm. also record ahead of times too. So, mm -hmm. but I never was, you know, my topics didn't allow me to do that. I had to do with, do the content the day of and, yeah. and so it made it harder, but um, that's the yeah, advice I, I give you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure about like entering into the podcast space, maybe mm -hmm. potentially, but but yeah, this applies I've, to any other content. Creation. Sure, any any Instagram, whatever. Oh yeah, no, ab yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to figure out how to bake it into my schedule because I kind of unintentionally became popular on Twitter over the past <laughs> year. Like I have, I went from like a few hundred followers to now like twenty six thousand followers on Twitter and like twenty one thousand followers on LinkedIn, and it was all very surprising to me mm -hmm. and unintentional. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, oh, maybe I can actually do something with this but it was never my that was never my goal initially so mm. yeah it's it was like this un this unexpected thing that happened and now i'm trying to figure out what what to do with all this influence you know twitter's an interesting place right now and it's kind of I, you know i've been on twitter since the beginning and i just kind of try to avoid the noise and continue to do what i've done 
Yeah. And uh, the engagement is still high. And as long as you ignore the noise uh, of the other, you know, all the politics that's going on in there, then just I, I think you can still do well on Twitter. But I know a lot of people have abandoned it for Mastodon, but it's a whole different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a whole different social experience there. It's not Twitter. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think the engagement, and I was mostly on academic Twitter, and I think the engagement there has definitely gone down quite a bit. Um, and I don't really know what academics are doing and so Twitter because LinkedIn has been, I don't feel like academics like LinkedIn. Yeah. And so I'm like, maybe Instagram is the thing. I don't know. We'll see. There's, there's more and more of them in LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, there's more of, them, more of them in LinkedIn. Um, and I think it's a, a healthy place for them to be because mm-hmm. I, I believe academics need to be more in touch with industry with the private oh, and on linkedin is the best place for that the best place for that and i see them coming even young you know very young in their i know in their undergraduate in the masters mm-hmm. people are creating their linkedin uh profiles and i think it's working for them yeah but uh ashley one the thing that that i was going to say just just jumping uh on what what todd said is finding the right pace for you so the mm-hmm. the, the challenge now is is finding am i going to be a weekly person am i going to be a John Lee Dumas and is a daily person, which I don't recommend, but you <laughs> can do it. <laughs> or, or you know, two in two weeks, three. Yeah. Just find that 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 uh, pace and keep it, yeah. because people will expect it, and uh, they'll know. Okay, this week it's a week off for Ashley, but next mm-hmm. week I know there's something from her, yeah. and this this will help you go a longer way. Yeah, also. yeah. And I think LinkedIn is a little different beast. Um, oh, yeah, I think you have a lot more flexibility in posting over there oh, when yeah. you want to. And it's, it's not like people are subscribed to you. They're, you know, they're followed you and you may see you in a stream or in a group. Um, again, it's wherever your tribe is at. Find your tribe and, you know, embrace yeah. it there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny. There's like different people in different places because I think my content, you know, some some of it's hitting with like grad students, like PhD students, and then other times it's faculty who are much older. Yeah. So it's like there's a bunch of different ages. And I feel like Twitter was nice because it kind of grabbed everybody. And now I'm trying to figure out like, well, where are people gone? Like now that they've now that a lot of people seem to left Twitter, where mm-hmm. are they going now? Um and yeah, so I I I had someone, um a friend who told me that she didn't really, she got off of Twitter. She doesn't really use LinkedIn and she was really happy to see me on Instagram because that was the platform she was using. So I'm hoping that I'm, I'll start like grabbing people wherever they've yeah. flittered off to. Yeah. Just don't go on all platforms. That's another error. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can, yeah. Three is already a lot for me. <laughs> three is, three is good. <laughs> yeah. is good. <laughs> I know. Especially like with like TikTok. I don't know. I feel like I have a personal, like, I have like issues of TikTok on like a personal level, just from like the attention economy and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, I think um, you'd be good on TikTok, though. You got the personality for TikTok, <laughs> but be, you'd be I, honest yeah. with. But I, I understand this the full situation there too. Yeah, I guess it'd be easy enough to just like post the reels that I'm making on Instagram to TikTok, but I don't, I don't know, I don't know like how much I'd want to. Like, so I tried that and I just stopped. Yeah. It's it's just doubling your work and the result yeah. is not is not really there. Yeah. yeah. I use a uh, a tool from Momento to actually create okay. reels for TikTok. I don't oh. actually it, it just basically is a little AI tool that is using a language model to, to look at the transcript and it figures out where the you know where the segments are and it's not completely okay. right, but you can drag the segments down and just create a reel in five okay. minutes it's easy to create and yeah. And it's something I dump on TikTok and set it and forget it. But it's not too personal. It's not. It's not my okay. face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have two more 
two more academic uh, Twitter and uh, LinkedIn people to bring on. So uh, I can bounce out, but David, thanks right. thanks for having me. I appreciate Todd, it. I, it was really, really great. I'm really, really uh, so uh, over the moon happy that you were here. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'll keep listening to you on the new media show. Yeah. Thanks for sharing some of your knowledge and for giving me this chance to thank you in person. Yeah, and, of course, the whole, the whole Raw Voice Blueberry team. Thank you so much. And, again, congratulations on 100,000 and off to a million. We'll off to a million. <laughs> see All you right, next time. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, bye-bye. bye-bye. So, Ashley, I don't know if you know Vera Chan and Natalia Bielczyk. Oh, hello. Uh, let me see. Do you know them or not? It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> they, not, you know, they, we, don't, we don't all have 20-something. How many is it? How many is it? <laughs> Uh, like, t- like 25, 26 on Twitter, like 21,000 on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I'm just seeing that now that uh, this, because we're four, this thing is cutting my my, for- my front and my forehead, but it's okay. <laughs> and I can, I can live with it. So Ashley, Natalia, Vera, uh, I've known them since a few years already, uh, not since the beginning of Papa PhD, but not long after. And they both have... Uh, academic career you know career switching or or uh actually graduate school advice channel like vera has a channel on youtube with advice she gives to grad students natalia actually has a company helping people kind of reorient their careers and focusing of course on 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 people with graduate degrees Ashley, uh, if you, Natalia and Vera, heard the episode, she was on the, the podcast. She's she's fairly well-known, <clears throat> like we said, on Twitter. Um, you know, given what she shares about her story and her reflections on why and how she transitioned from uh, her PhD. Were you in the postdoc? Oh my God, I my was memory. a postdoc. I you was a postdoc for almost three years, unfortunately. So, <laughs> So actually, a question to you who were in the, let's say, green room. Were you hearing what we were saying or not at all? Yes. yes you yes. were. Okay. So we can continue the conversation. Do you have reflections on this uh, on this thing of being a creator and being consistent, finding the pace? What ha- what has that you know journey been for you? Uh, Go, Natalia. Go okay. Natalia. Uh, first of all, a uh, great beard, David. <laughs> Thank why, you. Yeah, I see the evolution of you as a person and your beard. Uh, like, uh, okay. really represents your uh, self-development. <laughs> well, now, now it's like, let me see, can I do this at the stream? Now it's even on the new cover of the show. So <laughs> I can't, oh. I cannot, I can't shave now anymore. So then I, I, later I'll ask you for your your appraisal of the new of the new name and the new cover but thanks for the (laughs) i will keep it and and nurture it (laughs) yes actually it's interesting because interesting question because yes i'm a um, creator myself and i also still look for my personal market fit in social media Mm -hmm. Uh, that's i agree with everything that was said before and currently i'm in san francisco and san francisco is interesting like culturally because of these like um, because of this overall affinity to novelty and mm-hmm. like actually uh, as you might know it's quite um, alternative I mean whatever comes new is actually picked up immediately by a local community so it's quite hip hipster and uh, recently there we had a launch of Blue Sky Blue Sky is this new platform 
that is alternative to Twitter, built by Jack mm-hmm. Dorsey. It's actually okay. built on a blockchain, but but they kind of keep quiet about it, probably because of the bear market. But anyways, like the like the local circles immediately picked it up, and mm-hmm. I'm uh, I got the access code to be on the platform. It's actually invite only at the moment. Oh wow! It looks entirely like Twitter. Like it's a like direct copy. It you would not even tell that it's different from Twitter. So it's like the UX, like the the front end is they like is just like parroting Twitter. The huh. only difference is that it's not Twitter. And so whoever <laughs> is like anti Elon, basically this whole platform like raised on a hate against uh, against Elon. So I'm not sure if this is a good ground for building any community. Um, and it's it's really like um, alternative and. Um, Full of artists, full of like really opinionated people at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have mixed feelings because, indeed, like uh, I agreed uh, with everything that was said before. Like, there's just too much plurality at the moment. On the one, on one hand, we want to have decentralized internet. On the other hand, we only have so many hours during the day and like, the attention span. I'm not sure. I mean, I tried it because I wanted to be in the know. Like, I'm a career advisor, so I'm supposed to see what the public opinion is interested in and just have my own judgment and try to predict where the market goes, so including social media. But honestly, I'm quite skeptical. Like There, there is only so much you can do with social media. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I would actually, I think, sticking to the most popular ones is the, probably the best you can do. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm still looking for my, for my rhythm as well. Mm-hmm. And and the shiny object effect, uh, Ashley, is is a dangerous one. <laughs> and uh, but I think you're just sticking with three. I think is really good that you're already in that mindset. Yeah. I like I said, I tried the the put your reels on TikTok thing, and it was just another hour of work for me, and it was give, doing nothing for me. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. I'm not sure like how how many like academics have like filtered over to TikTok, or if that's more of like a. Yeah, I'm not sure. There's, you know, a lot of the people who are young researchers who want to popularize, they are going, the, you know, they, they do these like short, fun mm-hmm. things, experiments, etc. And it's yeah. on TikTok. Okay. And and I think the audience is a certain age also. Yeah. Um, so I think they're going there to, to publish. Mm-hmm. But I don't think scientists are going into TikTok to get info. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. But uh, it might change. Vera, so h- how is the YouTube adventure adventure going for you? I'm Good. taking a long break, as uh-huh. you might notice. <laughs> okay. So whatever you were discussing earlier put me to shame about like showing up every like regular <laughs> time. I mean, I post every week for like maybe the first one and a half year I was in Paris. But I mean, a lot of life things happen. I, I moved, um, I relocated, I got a green card and I had to start a new life, get to go to DMV, get my driver's license. I mean, a lot of stupid things in the background, also with full-time work. And also my partner, I mean, we, we have been long distance for like four years. Oh, wow. And I don't want to say, hey, you're not important. I need to like edit my video now so that I can make people happy online you know like i yeah so i took took a decision to um to take a break because i mean it's important also um i so ashley hi um i this is the first time i meet you i i know this face from twitter i think i i just formally all followed you on twitter now so uh 
we can we can discuss more offline yeah. if you want to chat. <laughs> um, yeah, so my, my channel PhD Coffee Time, I I I think were initiated when I tried to take notes of my own postdoc journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said you did three years, I did like six. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And I changed two <laughs> countries. I was in US, I was in France, and then um, I figured I'd become a medical writer is a better it was a better fit yeah. for my skills. So now I'm still learning. Uh, I, I mean, I'm relatively new in my career as a medical writer. So um, I think now I'm hitting this phase of I, I, I'm working on confidential document as well. So mm-hmm. it's not something I could share. It's not a lot of part of my life that I can transparently mm-hmm. put on the internet without a consequence. <laughs> so I, and then with the life that happened with, um, in the background, changing country, the stress of it, I, I just decided, you know, um, if it is, if I can't show up as a healthy, not happy human being for my audience, then I should just, you know, like come back another time. I and and it's I just visit Hong Kong as well recently. Mm-hmm. Um, the good the perk of working as a medical writer is I bring my laptop and keyboard, and mm-hmm. I mean also the curse of it is you work all the time, <laughs> but you can you can work anywhere. So I was working in Hong Kong for for like the last two weeks, and um, I got to you know, spend more time with my parent. Um, yeah, and but that was the moment I realized, you know, it's been a long journey as postdoc. My, my mom got diabetes. I wanted oh, to wow. watch her diet. I want to explain to her her choices of food. And, you know, uh, and you know, those are the things I, I wish I had time to do as a researcher. And mm-hmm. now, you know, the irony was when I start making content, I also lose the time to do these valuable things with people that I care in day day-to-day life and mm-hmm. the limited time in Hong Kong. So I, to me, I think this is a one-year like ish break. I don't know how long I need. I, I take as much as I need because <laughs> I, it's like um, some friends in Hong Kong. I haven't met them since three years of the pandemic. You know, Hong oh, Kong yeah, and course. China is one of those really conservative places in terms of COVID policy. So mm-hmm. we had a long. Uh, time that we're not allowed to be visiting so i didn't tell even my friends uh, i was returning to hong kong because i i knew this just would just to. be mm-hmm. yeah like for my parents like just two three weeks in home after three years <laughs> it's like I, yeah it's, it's nothing. crazy yeah it's nothing no, but it, it's a great reflection it's a great place to be at to, to be able to say yeah now yeah. i won't be serving my audience by, by continuing now I, I, yeah I'd rather stop and come back when I when I can and when yeah. I you know I, I'll be and and uh, Vera put I know you put a lot of time in your uh, in your videos. Um, yeah, that's the problem because I think Ashley, you said you are on Twitter, right? I'm envious of you because <laughs> I think the production time cost of being a YouTuber is uh is just not realistic. But I guess it was my invested um not not an invested time I. During that time at Natalia, uh, we met during that yes. time. I was still transitioning. I think I met David before I was becoming even a mm-hmm. medical writer. Um, I, I had plenty of time in my hands thanks to the French government at the time. They mm-hmm. have a career bridging, like kind of, they called it a chômage, which when you tell this to oh, any yeah. French people, they will they will cringe. It's like, you are the person who get the chômage. But <laughs> I'm really sorry. I, later on, I pay a lot of tax to even that out. But uh, <laughs> it was a really good buffer zone. I was like, I was able to feel protected under my roof. I, I can figure out what I wanted to do next in life. Mm-hmm. 
But I was unemployed for like a long time when I was creating video. Um, I think that was kind of a bad decision, perhaps. I, I took too much time to just try well, to optimize my video. Um, well, yeah. you you also learned a lot, and you were able to do uh, to do uh, to produce a lot of them, which is important. And we can talk about that. Natalia, you had something to say. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I was observing your journey uh, in the t- the time when you were like creating uh, every week, and exactly. I I was you know like every business goes through a deep right. At some point, you are already yeah. invested with a lot of time and effort. But you don't make income from like enough income. You don't have enough like revenue just yet. And the mm-hmm. question is what, when, whether to pivot or not. And it's actually yeah. I think it's fortunate that you like you cut this activity exactly at the point when I feel like you might have started. Just you know you were maybe not lucky enough with getting your first sponsor on board or so because yeah. like you were like you had that uh, following exactly at that point when people start getting these like. Mm-hmm. Uh, collaboration opportunities and yeah there are quite a few email i received i just i don't feel interested in it enough (laughs) i guess because i i mean uh, i never felt phd coffee time was a place i want a career in like if that Mm -hmm. sounds really strange because i i like medical right i'm a big nerd i like reading and writing and i like to be like private about my life and i think the only reason when i created video um, it was because I know there are so many people out there who might not even have a PI who want to explain to them how to write a note, how to oh, yeah. use the software mm-hmm. properly to cite a reference when they are re- writing a thesis. You know, I think those are the things I struggled when I was abroad. And when I pre- created those videos, I genuinely think, you know, it, it's my syllabus if I were mm-hmm. Professor Chen, you know, but I never made it to <laughs> Professor Chen. But it's a closure for me as an yeah. academic. But it does does it mean I need to be a money making career out of PhD? Coming no, 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 no. It's more like. But, but see, actually, yeah. the, the issues with uh, with graduate school are global. Yeah. Uh, the, oh, yeah. the issues with. Yeah. Oh, what was this? Someone uh, there was a bit a ping in someone's. Uh, but it's okay. It's just that my my headphones are are I, in I ear and one. I heard yeah. it really loud. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, uh, Ashley. So on your side, uh, because you arrived while Todd was was still talking, what it, what is so you were saying that now you're kind of back from this break? Uh, I saw that you've been recording these videos and and kind of talking a little bit longer about your experience. What uh, what is this year looking looking like to you? Uh, oh, this, this year, like in my in my content creation, or just like in my life? <laughs> well, uh, let's say let's say in the content creation. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah so i think i think now i'm like posting stuff to instagram and like posting them to twitter as well i think on twitter it was like really hard and part of the reason i ended up taking a break was i think like the harassment just like got really bad oh, bullying, really? especially from i don't know like academics really like to argue and i was just like the amount of pushback i received from you know, like faculty or like pe- like people mm-hmm. who were like really entrenched in academia was just really mm-hmm. intense and I think when you're just like typing something on Twitter, like people will just misinterpret what you say and they don't really know who you are. So I also feel like videos is a way to, you know, like I'm just a person. I'm a per- like I'm a person mm-hmm. with feelings and like mm-hmm. something mean to me. I'm just telling people to make a resume. I'm not like I don't know. It was just it was really weird. Like once I started working at Meta, I feel like it got really bad. Um, mm-hmm. And. But yeah, so I think I'm trying to do this in a way that's like more sustainable because like I said, I also have like a full-time 
job and if anyone's like been keeping track of all the layoffs it's been super weird um yeah oh my and so like i'm i'm considering like is ux research going to be my career in like the long term because a lot of the layoffs have impacted usr teams pretty heavily um so yeah i'm still like i am a contractor and my contract's up at the end of september so i'm still like you know figuring figuring it out um mm -hmm. and then i just moved back to seattle like six months ago okay so, okay moving too wow yeah so i think there's just like a lot of like moving pieces that have been going mm -hmm. on in my life um but a lot of people have been asking me to make a newsletter so i just put out my first like issue of this newsletter last week cool. and i have like almost 100 people who subscribe now which feels like a lot um yeah but yeah so I, i'm also i think that's something that's going to have to be more like i have to like have something every week um Yes. But yeah. Um, That's when yeah. you need kind of an editorial calendar. Now, I'm yeah. just going to take, you just mentioned resume not so long ago, and I'm going to just take this chance. And I see that there are people watching to say if, so I, I said that I would uh, offer three people a uh, resume review uh, today. And if to do, to have this uh, chance of having me spend some time with you looking at your CV academic or, or already your first version of a resume, But looking into it and, and giving you my my opinions and advice, you just need to uh, write what, which, on whichever platform you are. Uh, DM me, write me, asking, uh, answering the following question: One, what's your favorite guest on the Papa PhD podcast? And two, a person that you'd like to see me interview on the show. So if you answer these two questions. Uh, if you send a send me a DM uh, or a comment uh, on whichever platform you're watching this right now, uh, and this of course all only works for those who are on the on the live with us, uh, I will uh, to the three first people who do that, I will I will spend some time with them, uh, uh, an hour looking at their CV and trying and you know help them transform it into a working non-academic resume. So that's it. Um, I will I will keep on talking with with Ashley, Natalia, and Vera. Um, and uh, here I, ha I have Matt. So Matt was here from the uh, Grad School Sucks podcast, which I think now has changed names. And he says, uh, "Got a dip." Thank you all for sharing. Bye, Matt. It was great having you here. Um, and yeah, so I'm I'm super super happy to have you all here. Uh, you were here because you were all guests of the show that I really appreciated. Uh, getting to know and having on the show uh, with Natalia and Vera, we've talked more uh, outside the the context of just the podcast. Uh, we, we're in this like small group of people who got together who were kind of creators in the academic space in different uh, in different uh, um, platforms. Um, but yeah, I don't know if all of you saw the art, the new cover art. I just pulled it up not so long ago, but I'm going to pull it up again. So do you do you think that uh it's you know if this crosses your eyes on your app you're going to click and try to check what's in there versus uh I'm going to change the the logo up here versus the old just papa phd logo that was the objective of, of the change was that it said a little bit more about what's inside versus just papa phd which was getting me all these questions about is this about being a parent <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really like the the art. It's, it it looks really nice. It, it was like an indie art band record that I would buy. <laughs> 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 But and I really like the tagline of "Beyond the Thesis" uh, because 
yeah, a lot of us is all about the thesis when we get a PhD, and then mm-hmm. all about the paper when we after we got a PhD. I think That's it's important. It. There's always to, <laughs> yeah to realize there is a world outside of academic work, and mm. yeah, and and so far I've been a, a fan of your podcast. Well, thank you. So I feel that uh, that that this was the moment to announce it. It's been in the works for a little while, and I was waiting for a moment. And I guess having these friends uh, around the table and having this milestone to cele- celebrate was kind of the moment to to do it. It's slick. <laughs> it's uh, short and it's uh, self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which... the title because it's like you can tell what it is about from the title. There you go. That, that like was my, my objective. Not, my, not like my uh, my my uh, like <laughs> my way of naming my podcast is always like nobody knows, nobody <laughs> ever knows. Even if I explain to them, they still don't know what, <laughs> what it is about. So, good job, uh, David. But Todd was saying that for podcasters, that he advises them to change their cover art regularly because it can attract it it can reattract people who were listeners and and kind of disengaged and and you know when they see a new cover they're like oh what is this and they can come back in so you can work you can revamp it uh natalia so yeah right and can i add something like one more Please thing do. to what ashley said before i fully agree like uh, like twitter is a bit explosive and people really like open up and just pour their emotions uh, onto their Twitter accounts and yeah. they feel some and frustrations. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think in this case, especially like academics and and meta, is like two different worlds. And actually, probably that's also why, because uh, there for some reason, like in academia, there is this like rhetorics that the corporate world is uh, evil and we are the good guys mm-hmm. and they are the bad guys and <laughs> like that's the top of the evil chart, right? So. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. No, I mean, when I was when I was a PhD student, there, there's, I would have never thought I'd be working for Meta, like ever, ever, mm. ever. So it's all, it's all very funny that like that's where I'm working now, and actually, like, like my team and I like my job, and the work is super interesting. Because yeah, when I was a grad student, I'm like, there's no way I'm working at a tech company. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna yeah. sell out. So, so it's all. I mean, like, I believed it. Like absolutely, so it's just yeah. it's very funny. Well, like it's my, the... my hack to deal with this is actually I have two different Twitter accounts. One is to uh, like NBLCheck Neuro, and the other is NBLCheck uh, Tech. And basically, the content I post there is like two different. I mean, it's two different sides of me. The Neuro mm-hmm. is the left wing Natalia, and the <laughs> Tech is the right wing Natalia. And <laughs> when I talk to it's tech okay. people, including Meta, then I talk uh, like from my enter like entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit like like from like like some part of my brain that is responsible for you know like being um practical and mm-hmm. yeah. you know like and down to earth and like uh, the when i talk to academics i talk from my like other part of the brain that is responsible for being you know like pro sustainability like <laughs> you know like uh you know uh respectful and you know it's like completely different like sides of me so like this is kind of I uh, the way I'm trying to like manage Twitter. Although I have to say that it's like double work. So at some point I should manage these accounts somehow because it's mm. just yeah. I have to log in twice and do the job twice. So it's uh, not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how how about you, Ashley? Now, so because you were saying and it's true, there's a rhetoric that I think is pervasive in in academia, which is it's out there. It's evil. 
and here you're yep. safe. <laughs> yeah. But now that that you've you've been working in these teams, you've been working in these uh, organizations. Uh, clearly, uh, there's no uh, <laughs> devil worshiping uh, or or whatever yeah. <laughs> happening. Uh, but my question to you is: Academics who entertain this rhetoric, do they have a counterpart on the other side? Are there people who, who are the, on the other side say, "Oh, academia, nothing gets done there. They're dreamers and and uh, you know thinkers, yeah, I, but not doers." Yeah, I think. I mean. I didn't encounter this so much in my interviews, but I've heard of other people encountering this in interviews where you kind of have to do some convincing that, well, I'm an academic, but I actually know how to like get things done and like work quickly. And like, I'm not going to take five years to finish a project and things like that. So I think there's definitely misconceptions about academics, which are like, misconceptions that are like based in reality. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But, but yeah, I mean, I think like there, there are far more like people who I work with who, were in academia so they kind of have seen both sides and I think the misconceptions come from academics especially tenured faculty who have never actually spent any time at all like working a non-academic job and there are mm -hmm. just all of these misconceptions about what it means to like oh if you leave academia you're just going to be stuck at a desk nine to five and it's going to be a super boring office job you'll have no autonomy and no freedom and yeah. you'll just be you'll have a boss and they'll just like tell you what to do and you'll just have to do it and it's just not at least for my job it's like not the reality of the situation um, but this is what I've heard from like professor over mm -hmm. like so many professors over my entire time in academia. So it's like super interesting how pervasive mm -hmm. these myths are. And I don't really know like how they got started. And I think the problem this professor gives is, is that they never had the day they worked outside of academia mm -hmm. in their life. Yeah. So I think it's not the, the advice I think is well-meaning because is from what they know but I also yeah. felt like it's unfair for the student to mm -hmm. only listen to that narrative um, yeah. it's nothing wrong with that narrative from the professor itself because again this is what they best know if I yeah. never been to Europe and I described Europe it would just be on a painting right <laughs> some mm -hmm. history oh, yeah. book right but if someone who has lived there and can tell you more realistically, that's why I think it comes by the informational interview side of things, what David has been helping everyone do, like on Papa PhD. I would say it's, it's informational interview before, like your prep work. Like if you want that person's job, you go on and check out Papa PhD podcast and you find that person's like interview for an hour, you save yourself. 50 stupid question when you call on like some other people oh, yeah. who had that job and you know and and you you know it's a it's a safe space and and i think that's the value of um talking to people who have been in that job that job that you wanted instead mm -hmm. of asking your professor i mean we wish there were a person someone who know it all but there is nobody that knows it. Even my PhD coffee time is just me being a marine scientist PhD. I mean, that, that would be a lot of other tricks if someone is in computer science, someone who has medical research, you know, there will be other PhD tips, right? So um, we all have our blind spots and um, it's important mm -hmm. to research and do thorough mm -hmm. research as what we are trained in PhD. Yeah, I would love to see professors like getting on LinkedIn and actually networking with people and being able mm -hmm. to actually do the mentoring and advising to their students when they're like here are other potential jobs that you can have other than being a faculty member because yeah. there just are not enough faculty jobs at all 
And I, I'm, I'm currently the non-academic rep for psychology for the American Association for the Advancement of Science. And I'm mm-hmm. in a working group and we're going to have our first meeting next week about STEM careers in particular. So I'm hoping that we can kind of put our heads together and figure out like, what can we, what resources can we give to departments or mm-hmm. faculty to mm-hmm. actually help with this career development that is clearly just lacking yeah. for so many departments, yeah. like, so many disciplines, like everyone has this problem. So. Mm-hmm. But also to be fair for the professor, they are really having perhaps the trickiest job. I, I don't, and I, mm-hmm. I wish I were a professor, but now having seen how they work, I just don't wish I had that job yeah. because, you know, like it, you, the, the job, the, the major interest is to do research and then teaching. And then, you know, also to mentor students that that might be like 20, 10% if they're a good professor of the time. But that's it. I think for a lot of them, they are worrying about funding, keeping their own job, keeping the student paid. You know, it's a it's a tough job. And I think oh, yeah. this type of incentive, it shouldn't come from any professor. It should come from the university. Mm-hmm. It should come from the institutional level that acknowledge that we have a society problem. Most of our PhD are not getting a job. What's, what's wrong mm-hmm. with this? You know, yeah. it's okay. They were trained and they were paid less than normal worker because they are receiving education as well as an experience but after that you know they need to do something about training these mm-hmm. people and making sure they're well fitting with their you know the, the skills and the knowledge uh, in the job market a lot of i mean um, my background is biology and a lot of people don't they, they were unemployed and they just have to figure it out what was and do something completely different do. and yeah like some they, some people become a baker you know I, I mean nothing wrong with baking if they really yeah. you know are passionate about it but like it's just but I you think didn't some need to people, study all those years to get there right <laughs> right and i think that the the offer of you know like I, I i know university professor is not a solution because i know how underwater they are but i think mm-hmm. just hire a consultant you know <laughs> the university well, should have a budget so, to just so have it yeah the, the simplest tool or format from in my opinion to mm-hmm. to make that happen is leverage your alumni network right. it's a, yeah. it's the simplest that for yeah. sure you have alumni who are in a business who who created a business who are starting a startup and who would be yeah more than happy to come back to their alma mater and talk with graduate students and actually mm-hmm. say oh wow i'd love i would have loved to have to have been someone like this when i was a graduate student which is kind of what happens when people listen listen to papa phd and myself when i had the idea i the idea was what would i have liked to have you know in those years before the end uh, of, of the of the degree mm-hmm. but so that's the i think it's the simplest thing to to organize ashley then yeah. of course you can you can complexify complexify you mm-hmm. can you can do career fairs you can do more, more structured things but there i really think the key is to have partners that because then it takes some money it takes money mm-hmm. to bring people over to to pay some honoraries to have quality guests and to have quality workshops um so you know if you can get and Natalia, you're saying that you know novelty and uh, uh, anyway that that in the states things are, are pretty dynamic. If you can get someone that's a little bit um, more creative on the private side, and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of ready to do some some uh, co-creation and some uh, I don't know something new and different, and that they they can have some budget to maybe you know if they present something to 50 students and eventually get five hires from that and be happy with that 
that could you know that could be some a, a way to go but so i would say alumni and partnerships with someone that can leverage some dollars to because it, it's gonna it takes resources the the thing that's gotten me sad this year i've started saying no to student groups who asked me to come give a talk mm -hmm. and have zero budget for it and sorry but i can't do it anymore yeah i mean yeah same same yeah i started prioritizing paid paid talks from like and i mean and those are like the talks where most people are going to see them anyway exactly. so yeah it's just hard um, to say it no. is hard <clears throat> Well, it's but, important uh, you say no because then they have to figure out a budget and they have to mm -hmm. talk to whoever yes. <laughs> make decision and they are like okay this type of thing they need to budget it and to make an investment for the student yeah, yeah. I think so, it's exactly. also if you if you accept free talks then you also spoil the market yes. <laughs> for everyone else in the space so yeah. you also do it not only for yourself but also for other creators it's just uh, of course like, uh, yeah. for the whole space uh, yeah yeah like um Collab collaboration and sense of like uh, unity that we should have and also I think that like also like the, the way I think about it is like we create value by just sharing our like lessons uh, via talk right. so like the organizer is just a carrier of information so and they are paid salaries for it while like the, the speaker mm -hmm. creates value for the participant so like the money should right. go where the value goes so I also yeah. no longer uh, agree for free talks Unless I can only talk about my hmm. my own experience and it doesn't have any like educational like component to it, then I sometimes do. But other than that, if it's any form of workshop or something that I have to prepare for, then it's always paid. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm trying to get someone a guest that I wanted that has got, gotten caught up uh just for the last few minutes of the of the live but i don't know i'm i feel like i might be taking a lot of of your time um this is a great conversation this could be an episode itself of the of the papa phd podcast of i need to stop saying that of the beyond your thesis podcast uh <laughs> beyond the thesis with papa phd um but yeah uh the thing is what i've what i've understood in conversations is that somehow it's students come to you without budget because um, departments, it's a system. Departments say, okay, you want a seminar on careers? Okay, here, organize it. And then they don't, they don't, um, it's a culture. Anyway, it's a culture mm -hmm. that will change if we keep saying, no, sorry, I can't. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's sad because I, I, you know, I want to meet these groups of young mm -hmm. researchers and I want to talk to them, but... At the same time, we need to pay our bills, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Uh, I look at it in this way, David. You are creating free podcasts. I, I created well, a whole yeah. bunch of free videos, and uh, there were a professor who wrote to me and said they are showing this to the student in Japan, mm -hmm. and like th this is helping them to organize the research. And mm -hmm. uh, and up to last month, like there, I, I stopped making video for like a year. Um, oh yeah, no, there's it's still people content, watching yeah. and benefiting from it for free. So to, to me, I think just the, the idea of saying no to offering my time, the future time, I'm making a. Like, I still need to put food on the table, pay rent, you know, etc., and mm -hmm. to, to survive as a human. So it's not wrong to just you know to make sure you prioritize energy to make a living and. Yeah. yeah, and and you are already doing a lot than most other people. That is free, so yeah, I think that's the concept. That's that mindset I have. And yeah, no, it's mm -hmm. a, it's a 
Yeah. I, I also think this is a cultural problem because academics are used to get paid for learning instead of paying for learning. So, mm-hmm. and, and I think this is a problem because like in, in, in business, the, the coaching, business coaching is one of the most expensive things you can get. It's valued. It's highly mm-hmm. valued because like one-on-one tra- transferring like knowledge one-on-one or like in small group, it's actually that gives you the fastest results. So it's like mm-hmm. the, the most valued uh, type of service. But well, in academia, we kind of, we are kind of trained to mentor for free and, and like teach for free in academia. So, and spend our like free time giving free talks. So like the assumption is that this is how it works. But like, if you want fast results, then you have to pay for like experts time. Yeah. And this is, this is like, and I think also agreeing to do it for free, it's kind of also doesn't do a service to that person because that that's not like how the like outside world works. So like mm-hmm. teaching someone that you have to invest first to see the results, that's also actually a good training because that's exactly how it's going to be. Whoever is willing to risk, to uh, commit, to pay effort and to put the their money where their mouth is, then will get the fastest result. And I myself also, last year I invested maybe at least few thousand euros in my own like well-being, all kind of like private training, even hypnotherapy. Like I was just investing so much in myself and I see the results. So um, yeah. it's really like if you want to make fast progress, this is the price to pay. And I think that the, the fastest this like, like mental change happens, the better for a young, young academics. Mm-hmm. I also think the notion of having something free uh, needs to be re-examined. For example, when people are request, I'm in US now, and we request Uber all the time. And when there is a search, you know, it's like three times the price of an Uber. Why would someone pay seventy dollar when I knew the price of coming from airport is twenty dollar? Mm-hmm. Then I realize I wait for another half an hour, one hour, and then I realize. This is about my rate per hour, you know. Like, I, <laughs> am I paying it in a different way? Like, there's no free per se. Like, when some academic person say, "Oh, I had this lecture for free. I had this for free," they are also paying with the time being in graduate school and not making an mm. income. You know, yeah. that that's the other reality mm-hmm. is when the moment they realize, like Ashley, you know, being hired mm-hmm. by a company, you will not. Like, it, it's a different paycheck, and when you are in academic setting. You are subsidized for minimal expenditure, and you are paying by your effort and time and your youth. And that's yeah. that's a payment that is not free, and people just don't think about it enough. So All I right. always pay now <laughs> <laughs> when I could. I have no more choice to pay less. <laughs> My last guest is here. Uh, if any of you need to leave, is I, I'm really really thankful that you were here today. Um, it was great to see you all again, Ashley. You look great, and uh, it feels like you're, you're off to a great year. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit jealous of your break, but uh, let's we'll talk about it another time. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, um, I guess that's, I'll I popped know, out, David. You um, you pop out. Okay, so yeah. we'll, we'll talk later, Ashley. Natalia, you're seeking. Yeah. You're saying, oh, or? I, I'll pop out as well. But yeah, okay. thank you for having me. It was great. Thank you so much. Thanks for celebrating. Congratulations this on 100k you. listening and, uh, and many more to come. One million. Well, the next one, you will let me that's, know. All right. <laughs> all right. Bye. Ciao, Vera. Ciao, Ashley. Thank you so much. Thanks for having Bye-bye. me. Bye.
We're here all alone. Well, um, see, I thought we were going to have Natalia with us, but I, she was good. leaving too. Before we get into it, one, I apologize for being so late. My dedication to my doctoral students moved me to have and, to take, take another meeting longer than ex expected. But I just wanted to say congratulations, fine. David. What an <laughs> amazing you. accomplishment. Um, what an amazing platform you've constructed. Um, I'm so thankful for your contributions to the work and for you creating this space for doctoral students and PhDs to be able to talk about aspects of our work that are oftentimes so hidden um, mm -hmm. and bringing it to the fore and allowing us to engage in conversation mm -hmm. and to be reflective and to be and to be nimble in our discussion. So such yes. an amazing platform. And I'm so thankful to, to have been um, one of your guests, man. So congratulations. congratulations. Well, thank you so much, Chris. And I'm really happy that you could make it. I know you've had this like urgent student meeting, which I totally understand you prioritize and it totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I would have been a little bit sad if you didn't come by, Aww. but uh, I'm super happy that, that you're here to kind of close this, uh, this celebration uh, and this revelation also of the new name, Beyond the Thesis with Papa PhD, which is going it. to be the new full name of the show. Um, but yeah, and I, I I wanted to have you here because, uh, you know, I, I had, you know, I have a lot of guests that have been on the show, but there was something in my conversation with you. There was a chemistry that was there. And, and there's an energy that you, you um, uh, radiate, uh, in my opinion, but I don't know. There, there was a connection there. You kind of, I felt different, uh, mm -hmm. and and it was something to do with with how we were kind of passing the the ball to one another, and and that how my, things I was sharing reson was resonating with you. Things you were sharing were were resonating with me, and uh, yeah, I, I, I yeah, just... the feeling is mutual, brother. <laughs> I mean, I, after that conversation, I, I felt I felt enlightened. And I felt there was something about the context that you created that mm -hmm. gave me the space to really show up and share my thoughts and concerns. And, you know, I think that sometimes when you enter into these kind of spaces, it, it, it's, um, you don't know what you're going to get into. And it's then true. there's something magical that happens in a backdrop that allows you to be your full self. I oftentimes mm -hmm. describe it as the kind of relationship that you have with your doctor advisor or your first job, right? It's like, you know, sometimes when you go into a conversation in a formal academic setting, you just know it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you try to force it and no matter what happens you're, you're spending so much energy trying to make the magic happen that you can't be your full academic and scholarly self and mm -hmm. then sometimes the really amazing energy and amazing synergy and you flow the person flows and then magic happens and i always say to myself that i want to do this work in a way where i revolve around the spaces that give me the good energy mm -hmm. and i give my time and my i invest my my, my thoughts and, and my mind work to those relationships this is certainly one of them um, and, and I hope that our relationship with each other gives folks the permission to find those relationships in their, in their life beyond the thesis, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I, I certainly hope so. And, and, you know, one thing that, uh, that I, I, I'd like to bring and, you know, it, this relates in a certain way to your work and we can talk about that. I don't, I don't want to take too much of your time, but one of the, you know, four years ago, almost four years ago, I started Papa PhD and, you know, I had not been in front of a mic myself. Uh, I had, I was, and I still consider myself an introvert, although now I hear that there's other, can be an ambivert and whatever. But, you know, during growing up and even in university, I was the shy. Uh, it's funny, I, I was in a, at a, um, a meeting. Uh, uh, how do you say when you meet the people from when you were in high school? Uh, this name. Uh, Reunion. Uh, yeah, a reunion. I was in the reunion of my high school uh, with my high school colleagues in Portugal. 
And one of them said, oh, yeah, no, I remember you. You were, she said three words. You were uh, serious, uh, timid, or shy, and, I don't know, reserved. Mm. And that was me. That was me. And now, you know, I'm here talking with you, whom I've, I haven't shaken hands with. I, I wish I can one day. And I hope I can. But, uh, and I've, you know, I've interviewed these over 150 guests. You, you were one of them. Uh, and what I, where I'm going to want to go with this, and I'm kind of telling along, doing a long, you know, <laughs> roundabout, path to get there. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we do, but is, uh, you don't know today what you're able to do tomorrow. And, uh, you often don't eat. And, and this can this even changes when you you're in a project. But let's say before a project, you mm. often bar yourself from doing things because of your preconceived ideas Absolutely. about yourself, about the views of others about yourself. And I think a lot of the work you do, the work with kids, the work with hip hop and science, is getting kids to see that future and see themselves in that other way, and then saying, "Oh no, you know, I've seen that. I can do it now because I was with Chris." And I've been there for five minutes, so now I see where where I want to go. And I'm yeah. I'm amazed and humbled at you know this number. For me, it's huge. This hundred thousand listens, it's it's gigantic, and it, it's, it's almost huge. unfathomable. And um, you know, coming from Portugal, not being a first language, you know, first uh, you know, my mother tongue is not English, and here I am doing doing this show. Um, it's a you know it's it's a it's a lot emotionally and uh and i think um people like you who who are and i don't want to i don't want to make you uh, an easy but who radiate so much positivity and so much so much passion and 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 faith of of a better future for for all of us yeah. independently of where we come from independently of the color of our skin independently of the, the language we speak i just you know it was inspiring to feel that oh. it is it's inspiring to see you evolve because i see you've been doing things and you've been doing more and more things and getting you know yeah. keeping up the good work and i don't know i feel honored that 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 you've been on the show and uh, that episode makes more and more sense to me every day and uh, I just uh, anyway, I I wanted to have uh, you here today. Thank you, brother. That, you know, uh, if you if you see light in me, it's because it reflects what what you exude, and I want to begin with that. <laughs> um, and then also, what you taught us through just your description, even just now, is that before you engage in a PhD project, before you engage in in any sort of a thesis, mm-hmm. you are the thesis. Mm-hmm. You are the project. The, the human beings themselves. Is the ultimate project. And when you work on a thesis or a project, there are aspects that you that you hone in on, that you enhance over time, that you fine-tune and you make more complex and layered, that you illuminate certain aspects of it. And 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 if you look at if you give your project that kind of love, right? Mm-hmm. If you give your assignments that kind of love, then of course you must give yourself that same kind of love and mm-hmm. give, give yourself that same type of grace. And what you what you've showcased in your evolution for being t- shy and timid. To being a person that has a hundred thousand listeners on your podcast, right? Is that is that is that we can evolve if we give ourselves the love to make ourselves better? And mm-hmm. my work with young people and the sciences or other disciplines is just that. You know, nobody is is defined by the circumstances that they're birthed into. Right? That's true. 
Those are just the context of where you are in the moment. But you can choose to live beyond that. You can draw from that in your next chapter. We're all ever evolving. One of my favorite quotes by one of my favorite thinkers, Maxine Green. And she always says, I am who I am not yet. (laughs) In this world, I'm always becoming. Mm -hmm. And the minute that we feel like we arrive or we'll be like, I've gotten there or I've got the PhD now, the minute you think you arrive is when you are furthest away from where you can be. (laughs) And radical humility requires the evolution of the human being. So Mm -hmm. always consistently work on who you are to be a better version of your previous self. And you exemplify that. And that's something I want to offer to everyone and anyone who's listening. I mean, that's the beauty of this podcast. This podcast gives you tools, information, experiences, and stories so that you can use your life beyond the thesis to be more than the context that you were previously embedded in. Exactly. Well, that's you put it so beautifully. <laughs> and one thing that you just said a little bit before, which I think is also important, because you know a lot of us uh, kind of extract ourselves from our friends, family, from our continent, and go somewhere else to do our PhD. Mm. And you said something uh, more or less like, "I look, uh, I try to." be around people who allow me to to bring my mission further. You didn't say it exactly that way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people out there are suffering because they're starting. And let's let's talk about people who are starting PhDs and the match with their PI is not the right one. The match with the institute, the culture is not the right one. You find where the right place is. You're yeah. not... You do not deserve to chastise yourself by staying somewhere that's toxic to you or simply not helpful to for you to be your best you. Absolutely. And and, and, and it's probably the most important thing. You know, don't take the first acceptance, right? If you know it's the wrong fit. Exactly. And also always know that you have to you have to build your intuition. Right? Um and and trust that intuition. Once you know who you are, you know what you want to do this work for, it's not just to have a PhD at the end of my name. So I could be the most important person in the room. It's not just so that somebody else in the world could think I'm smart. You have to do this work because you're passionate about the subject. It it speaks to your soul. It speaks to your heart. Once that's been established, then you deserve to be in context that feed that energy. There you go. And and also remember that the people that you surround yourself with don't have to be in the same geographic space that you're in. It is okay to forge community with people who are in different spaces, right? David and I have never met in real life, but that's my guy. (laughs) Right. That's my dude. And, you know, I, I, I tell a student, listen, I got to go do something for my brother, David. I'll be back in a few minutes. You decompress and I'll be back. But I have to make time for my guy. And I think it's 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 by I, I was intentional about choosing to have a friendship with David. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to. Right. We did a podcast a couple months ago. I don't have to show back up. But, <laughs> but because we have such synergy and energy, I make a decision to remain in community. And I always say to PhD students. Make a decision to be in community with folks who speak to you, who speak life into you, who affirm you, and um, use digital spaces to do that. You don't have to yeah. be in the same physical space. At the same time, don't be in a physical space if it's all toxic, right? Exactly. So find a home that feeds you and then find your village beyond the home that feeds you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's totally true. Now, of course, w- while we're talking, you know, I'm thinking of, okay, for some people uh, who are accept, let's say they have this one acceptance. And actually, it's their chance to, let's say, leave their situation and and move country and, and, let's say, improve their lives in a certain way. 
or or follow their dream of of being a researcher um you know of course you need to put a lot of uh, a, a lot of variables into the equation of what your life is and of course for some people there's an imperative to get that position to have that you know that that money coming in to even sometimes help family back home while while you're there and of course this is something we need to respect but like we said when we talked and like as i've talked with many of my guests your mental health uh, you know nothing is worth uh, taking a toll on your mental health nothing nope. nothing Do is not worth sacrifice your humanity for any position exactly um because i've seen too many stories of people who did that and are such shells of who they could be there you um go. and and what's the purpose of gaining that and then after you gain it you're you're of no good to the people that you wanted to be of service to. You mm. ma- can you imagine leaving a place of the folks that you love to go across the world or across the country to go to somewhere else so you can help them? And then you go to a place that breaks you down so much, you don't have the capacity to provide for yourself mm. or for them. It defeats yeah. the purpose. It totally defeats the purpose. Chris, uh, I want to also, you know, take the chance to to just ask you very quickly sure. what you're up to these days. Now, oh. I know there's a student waiting for you, and yeah. I'm not going to take too much of your time. But what are the projects that that you are you writing another book? I am. <laughs> I'm you... always writing. So, oh. I a couple of things. You know, wrote a book, Ratchetemic. You guys should get it. Wrote a book, Stem Steam Make Dream, which I really, really love. Um, I'm writing a book right now with a with a rapper, with a battle rapper. Okay. Um, named Loaded Lux. So I'm doing that. I'm also writing another book. I'm doing them both at the same time uh, with a counselor around this idea of counselors being teachers and teachers being counselors. Okay. Because a good teacher has to be able to understand the human experience. And those who are counselors don't understand the craft of teaching. And then the most fun thing, oh, David, mm-hmm. you got to come to New York and, 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 and witness oh. this. <laughs> I've been asked by the Department of Education in New York City to redesign 10 classrooms from scratch. Oh, and so because my, my, I believe that every human being deserves an environment that is conducive to their learning. Of and course. that includes not just the emotional environment, but also the physical environment. So I've been doing construction oh my uh, <laughs> and tearing down walls and painting them. And I have no degree in architecture. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not an interior designer by training, but I also understand the impact of environment on learning. And so we're changing these classrooms from the inside out. And when you come to New York, I'll, I'll bring you to one of these. Classes. Oh, for sure, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Well, you have to share. If I if I don't come, you know, soon enough, we'll have to. You'll have to share some photos. We'll figure it out, my Very brother. Good. I'm gonna run. We're yes, gonna I'll let you go. Congratulations! I'm so incredibly proud of you. What a beautiful platform, and I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you so much, Chris. This was great. And thank you for these few minutes that were precious to me. It was great reconnecting. And uh, yeah, go go take care of your student. And right. uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to go to New York soon and, and uh, see we'll, what you're, we'll what you're up to. Sure we'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. All right, brother. Peace. Ciao, Chris. Peace. And that's it. So this was uh, the, the 100,000 listen celebration. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I know it was a little bit for me, uh, you know, seeing uh, my 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 podcast friends, like I call them, uh, but also to, to thank them and, uh, and through them, thank all my guests and also thank you, uh, the listener, you, the person who's there week after week listening, uh, to, to the different, uh, interviews that I, that I put out there. Thank you so much. Again, if you're interested in, uh, having, uh, one of the spots, uh, from, for me, uh, where I'll review your CV and, and, start the work of getting it into a resume with me. Um, 
just uh, DM me or comment uh, with two answers to these two questions. What's your favorite episode of the Papa PhD podcast so far? And the second question, who would you like me to interview? Who would you like to hear and to see on the Papa PhD podcast in the coming seasons? I'd love to hear that. If you answer both of those questions, you will enter uh, to, to, to have one of the three CV reviews with me. So um, this has been great. Again, I'll bring up the image of the new cover here. Uh, and uh, I'll take this last uh, minute or so again to thank you. Thanks everyone who was here live. Thank you, Matt, for uh, for asking a few questions. Uh, and uh, that's it. I hope you uh, enjoyed uh, this hour and a half, more than an hour, almost two hours <laughs> with me and and the, the friends of the show. Um, and yeah, to to one million. That's what uh, everyone has been saying. So. Do share uh, the podcast. That's the, the only best way. Because I was talking before about how difficult it is as a podcaster to know who's listening. I know how many people are listening, but I, I can't get to you. Um, but if you're listening now, if you know one person, uh, two people, but one is enough who might enjoy hearing the Papa PhD conversations, uh, tell them. Tell them. Actually, now you can tell them look for beyond the thesis with papa phd uh the name change will happen very very soon on the platforms and uh yeah if i gain one more listener i'll be super super happy and super grateful i hope you enjoyed this special episode of papa phd don't forget to subscribe on your podcast listening app if you're more of a video person go to the youtube channel and also subscribe please help me get to 500 followers on youtube and uh, that's it if you want to help me a little bit more you can go to papaphd.com forward slash audience and fill in the survey that is there for you it'll help me get to know you better get to know what you like better and keep on improving on the show this is david mendez thank you for listening